Coming up on Jerusalem Dateline, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu gets a long-delayed invitation from the White House, which some say signals continuing tension between the Netanyahu coalition and the Biden administration. And learning to fight in an urban environment, IDF training and ethics, and how to distinguish between a civilian and a terrorist. Plus, China expands its spy station in Cuba. What does it mean for the U.S. and the rest of the world? All this and more on this edition of Jerusalem Dateline. Hello and welcome to Jerusalem Dateline. I'm Chris Mitchell. After seven months in office, Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has received a long-awaited invitation to meet with President Joe Biden. The gesture comes as Israel's President Isaac Herzog visits the White House. According to the prime minister's office, President Biden and Netanyahu shared a warm and long call. They discussed regional issues, including the threat from Iran, Israeli-Palestinian relations, and expanding peace in the region. Netanyahu also updated the president on the current status of the judicial reform legislation, a reason for the current rift in their relationship. The invitation did not mention whether the meeting would be at the White House or, as some have suggested, September's U.N. General Assembly. The invitation came on the eve of Israeli President Isaac Herzog's White House meeting. Herzog then addresses a joint session of Congress on Wednesday. The White House still voiced concerns about Netanyahu's government. That doesn't mean that, and you shouldn't take away from the fact that they had a conversation today and that they'll meet again in the fall, that, that we have less concerns uh, over these judicial reforms or or less concerns over uh, some of the uh, extremist activities and behavior by some members of the, the Netanyahu uh, cabinet. Those concerns are still valid. It's how President Biden described Israel's current government under Netanyahu. And this is one of the most extreme members of cabinets that I've, that I've seen. I go all the way back to Golda Meir. Here in Israel, before the invitation, former Prime Minister Ehud Olmert called on the United States to reevaluate its relations with Israel. He also advised world leaders not to meet with Netanyahu. It's not just Ehud Olmert, it's also Ehud Barak, it's also former candidates for prime minister uh, like Sipi Livni and uh, interim prime minister Yair Lapid. All of them are lobbying the Biden administration and other world leaders to put immense pressure on Benjamin Netanyahu. Alex Trayman of Jewish News Syndicate says this kind of lobbying is a first for Israel. It's absolutely unprecedented and it's also very, very harmful uh, to the state of Israel because don't expect world leaders and others to parse between Netanyahu and other Israeli leaders. And what this actually does is magnify opposition to Israel generally, not just to Netanyahu and his policies. Despite the invitation and phone conversation, Deep divisions remain between the White House and Netanyahu on issues such as an Iranian nuclear deal, building settlements in Israel's biblical heartland, and judicial reform. I spoke with our Middle East analyst, John Wagi about Israel's relationship with the U.S. John Wagi, great to be with you. Uh, at the 11th hour, it seems that the White House finally, after seven months, issues an invitation to Benjamin Netanyahu. What do you think is the number one issue separating the Netanyahu government and the White House? I think if you look at the media coverage, it would be judicial reform. But I think if you look deeper than that, you're going to find that it's differences over Iran and Netanyahu's willingness to go it alone to attack Iran if he had to. And I think that masks a whole uh, 
cornucopia of issues where there are disagreements between this Biden White House and this Netanyahu coalition. And judicial reform is one of them. Yeah. But judicial reform is really a means to what they would like to do is dethrone the Netanyahu government mm -hmm. or at least neutralize it so that it can't make a sea change in the way that Israel's judiciary behaves now. Yeah. Uh, back to Iran, I mean, right now you have in the Biden administration, you have almost the same players that were in the Obama administration, and they really want to go ahead and negotiate a new deal with Iran. Netanyahu is opposed to that. Is that true? That's very true. And, and it, it's more than just wanting to negotiate a new deal. They don't want Israel to handle the situation militarily. That's what they're trying to avoid. And that's something that Netanyahu isn't willing to entertain and never has been. One thing he's been consistent on over the last 15 years, most of those being prime minister, is that he will not compromise on Israel's security when it comes to a state that's vowed to destroy the Jewish state. Yeah, and he's unwilling to make a promise that there would be no surprises if Israel takes military action against, uh, against Iran. Uh, on judicial reform, how serious is that? And, and the, the Biden administration and Biden himself, President Biden, really says uh, judicial reform is like a, a no, non-starter for them. Yeah, what it is with judicial reform is that it's the only way that they can get to Netanyahu is to create a division within his own government, within his coalition. And the religious parties and many Likudniks are adamant that judicial reform take place. Netanyahu wants to see it, but he's willing to compromise, I think, over the sh short term in order to get his way on Iran in the long term. And others in his government aren't so happy. So the way they do that is use it as a wedge uh, to divide Netanyahu from his government in the hopes that the coalition will fall. Final question, John. You know, we reported in our story, Ehud Olmert says that world leaders should not even talk to Netanyahu. How, how unprecedented is that and how serious? It's totally unprecedented. It's astounding that a former prime minister would say something like to other world leaders, don't negotiate with the prime minister of the very country that he served as its most important leader. So it's really amazing. And there are others doing the same. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. Ehud Omert uh, and Ehud Barak, as we mentioned. John, thanks for your analysis. And certainly a lot fodder for people to be praying for the peace of Jerusalem. Absolutely. Up next, a look at what Israel will have to do to prepare for the next war. And when it happens, how to win it. I often marvel when Pat tells the stories of the early beginnings. I think, I don't think I would have had the chutzpah to do some of those things that he did. When you're walking by faith, it, it isn't necessarily easy. Watch the CBN story, now available on the CBN Family app. We were right on the cutting edge of things that nobody had seen before. And I know a lot of people thought we were crazy. The CBN story recalls the celebrated history of the Christian Broadcasting Network from its humble beginnings. It was quite a scene. And we walked into this television station. In the control room, there was glass all over the floor. To the renowned ministry that continues to bring the gospel to every nation. When people can hear the gospel on television in their own language, they respond to that. A special presentation in celebration of Pat Robertson's life and legacy.
The CBN Story. Watch now on the CBN Family app. Download the CBN News app 24-7 news from a Christian perspective at home or on the road. One place for all of your news. Breaking news alerts. Set daily prayer goals and pray for news stories. Read the most important news and watch CBN News Channel Live. CBN News, because truth matters. Go to CBNNewsApp.com to get the app today. He walked with the living God and showed us the keys to the kingdom. The kingdom of God is at hand. Pat Robertson, evangelist, humanitarian, statesman, educator, author, and visionary. Watch Pat's story and be encouraged by his many teachings. Go to cbn.com slash pat to learn more about what the Lord accomplished through this remarkable servant. Since Israel's birth in 1948, wars have been a constant threat. I recently went to the Knesset where a group was addressing the question, what measures can Israel take to weaken the terror groups waging war on the Jewish state? Two members of parliament, one from the governing coalition and another from the opposition, hosted this meeting of the Israel Victory Caucus. They believe Israel should be more proactive and take steps to weaken its enemies to keep them from waging war against Israel. In the last 30 years, we've lost something. The Jewish people knew how to win battles. We knew how to win in 1948. No one asked himself if in 1948 Israel was established or not, if Israel won or lost. We knew how to win in 1967, but since the Oslo Accords, we forgot how to win. In the last few years, not 30 years, we're not winning anymore. And I think we should go back to winning. The Middle East Forum helped host the meeting. One aim is to stop wars before they begin. This is a united message which transcends politics and allows individuals to focus on defense as a priority for the state rather than it just being something which is a side policy issue. The policy towards Gaza, at least from what we're recommending to the government, is a complete disarmament of Hamas in Gaza, meaning that there is no ability for them to wage war against the Jewish state in the future. To achieve that goal, they released this policy paper on disarming Gaza, written by the former IDF chief of intelligence, retired General Yossi Kupavasser. My message is that we have to reassess our strategy towards Gaza. And uh, the strategy that we practice today allows Hamas to arm itself to its teeth in between the rounds of violence. This is against our interest because it makes Hamas not only stronger vis-a-vis -vis Israel itself and able to hit Israel everywhere as they wish and threaten Israel. We should adopt a new policy that after the next round of atrocities that Hamas should know in advance that after the next round of atrocities we should not allow it to rearm itself. Rabbi Leo D. also addressed the meeting. Earlier this year, his wife and two daughters were murdered in a terror attack. He appealed to Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu not to fund or support what he sees as another enemy of Israel, the Palestinian Authority. And what happens is they're spending $300 million a year financing terrorists such as the family of those who killed my wife and daughters. Um, and they're also publishing uh, textbooks which uh, incite violence, uh, that uh, lord terrorists. And they're running summer camps at the moment where the kids are running around with banners with the pictures of the three murderers of my uh, wife and daughters uh, and uh, learning how to shoot and to stab Jews all over the world. Whether it's Hamas and Gaza or the Palestinian Authority, most agreed the next war is not a matter of if, but a matter of when. 
and they want Israel to be prepared to win. Recently, the world was watching as Israeli troops targeted terrorists in the mostly Arab city of Jenin. As often happens with these missions, controversies emerged, like charges that Israelis killed Palestinian children. CBN's Paul Strand met with those who have to answer such charges at a special IDF training base. As we saw after 9-11, military combat has moved from open battlefields to mainly urban settings, cities, villages, and buildings. It's all about urban warfare at the end of the day. There are no more divisions of tanks one against another or air forces or ships. For a better understanding, CBN News met a top Israeli general and Ron Paz of the Israeli government press office at Se'alim base camp near Gaza. Here, the Israeli Defense Forces, or IDF, built an urban setting many blocks wide and long. It mimics the real locales where they're fighting their main foes of today, terrorists and guerrilla fighters. Here we're walking through an entire simulated Arab city where Israeli soldiers can practice. It has everything from minarets to high-rises. There's even appropriate graffiti for if you were in a city where real terrorists live. Guerrilla is hiding behind human shields in places just like that. And the challenge, how do you separate between militants that are dressed up as civilians and uh, innocent people that, God forbid, we want to have any, any of them harmed? This is exactly the, the facility that's supposed to have you trained for that assignment. Paz insists the troops fighting in Janine recently were so well-trained, they caused absolutely no collateral damage, killed no civilians. It was for sure the first large-scale operation that ended up with zero civil casualties. And this is remarkable. It's unprecedented. The Janine is a great evidence of what we are trying to do. We are trying to kill the enemy without hurting any, anyone else. Still, the IDF faced international criticism and media scrutiny over charges of child killing in Janine. Paz points out, though, those supposed children killed were three gun-toting young militants in their late teens. If a 17-year-old shoots at you, he's a terrorist, or he's a gunman, or he's a militant, or you want to call him freedom fighter, go ahead. <laughs> Nevertheless, he, if he's not killed, he will kill. So what do you call a 17-year-old that, that shoots to kill? Watching and hearing about the training of IDF soldiers, including his own son, Paz sees how they learn to soberly consider the power of life and death that's in their hands. That their training has been involved very serious and thorough lecturing about ethics and about when you can and cannot open fire. Some of that was recently shared with a group of international media at Say Alim. The first thing we got at this base was a lecture by an Israeli general on what the Israeli soldiers are taught about ethics. Like this crucial life-saving motto General Bensi Gruber shared. And you can use force only against your enemy, and if you have a doubt, no doubt, don't shoot. He said some Israeli soldiers have actually gone to jail for abuses of force. While on the other side, the terrorists are celebrated for their killings and their families have been paid for them. Next, the media toured places on base which give specialists like snipers maximum practice with absolutely no danger. We're used to the idea that pilots have flight simulators. Here on this base, they have combat simulators. Extremely high-tech binoculars and advanced weapons allow troops to hit simulated urban targets precisely, surgically. Then General Gruber led us to an adventure underground, hiking through an elaborate copy of a Hamas terrorist tunnel. Okay, follow me. So this is a tunnel to simulate the actual real tunnels that Hamas has built. And imagine being in here and being under fire from terrorists. 
That's what the Israeli soldiers are training for in a place like this. There's an actual case of where terrorists had kidnapped Israeli soldiers and taken them into a tunnel like this, and other Israeli soldiers had to follow them in and fight. And can you imagine bullets flying around in a place this tight and this concrete? Just think of the ricochets. And try to imagine what is to fight inside a place like this. And here we are, coming out the other side. That place is spooky. But spooky or not, the training goes on here so the IDF can strike back fiercely against its foes but do it with a moral edge. Paul Strand, Ze'alim Base Camp, near Gaza. Coming up, a Chinese spy base just miles away from the Florida coast. How Beijing is expanding its influence in America's backyard. Attacks on Jewish lives, communities, and synagogues. The Jewish nation has survived war. I was so scared. Terrorism. And saw my husband covered in blood. And waves of anti-Semitism. It's a message of killing Jews. Now is the time to defend Israel's basic right to exist. And you can do that through CBN Israel. When you send a gift to the Jewish people through CBN Israel, you are giving humanitarian aid to Israelis in need. And at the same time, you are providing news coverage and documentaries that reveal what is really happening in Jerusalem and the Middle East. Attacks against Israel are ongoing. The need is urgent, and you can help. Call 1-800-813-8734. Go to cbn.com slash standwithisrael or text CBN Israel to 41444. I am region's first ROTC graduate student. It's Superbook Summer of Faith. Three stories of God's miraculous protection for those who hear His voice and believe what He says. You'll receive this special bonus pack with Superbook Academy Express, Zacchaeus. Join the CBN Animation Club and get Academy Express, Zacchaeus, plus two copies to share with others, all for your gift of only $25. And as part of our Summer of Faith bonus, receive three Superbook episodes demonstrating God's awesome power. A Chinese spy station in Cuba is setting off alarm bells. 90 miles off the U.S. coast, this base is being developed into a military training facility. The Chinese are not only expanding their presence, but propping up the Cuban economy. Dale Hurd has more. This is the Chinese Signals Intelligence Facility at Bejucal, Cuba, just 90 miles from the U.S. mainland. It allows China to monitor U.S. military communications throughout the southern United States. When its existence was first reported last month, the Pentagon denied it. We are not aware of China and Cuba uh, developing any type of spy stations. Later, National Security Council spokesman John Kirby evaded, but admitted the base exists. We're, uh, we're not going to be able to get into too much detail about our own counterintelligence uh, efforts. And we now know that the spy station isn't new. A former intelligence official told the Miami Herald it's been there since the 1990s, and the U.S. government has known about it. 
Now there are reports the Chinese plan to expand the spy base into a military training facility. What form it will take is unclear. But consider this base China built on Mischief Reef in the South China Sea. It includes a landing strip, hangars, and a listening post. Cuba is a much easier place to install a military base. But Dr. Evan Ellis, the Latin American specialist at the U.S. Army War College Strategic Studies Institute, says the site at Bejucal is too close to the United States to be useful in any armed conflict because it would be easy to destroy. The closeness of Cuba to the United States means that its value for uh, PLA Navy forces is, is probably pretty low because, again, that would be very, very vulnerable being you know, that close to the United States. But this is about more than just a military base. China is helping keep a desperate Cuban government afloat. With Cuba facing its biggest economic and political crisis in decades, China has thrown it a lifeline giving it millions in cash and restructuring its debt. Cuba is short fuel, it's short medicine, it's short food. Cuba has been facing an economic crisis, but um, in the past uh, two to three years, especially uh, since COVID, that crisis has deepened to unprecedented proportions. Um, and a China who's willing to say, um, we'll bankroll you as long as we get paid. This is the playbook China has used throughout Latin America to replace the U.S. as the leading trading partner in the region and make nations dependent upon it. Retired Air Force Brigadier General John Teichert says the U.S. is too disengaged in Latin America, including Cuba. This is a neighbor of ours uh, 90 miles or so to the south of Key West, and I think we need to start engaging in a real way economically and diplomatically with them. And I think that would take away some of that enticement that China can swoop in and fill the vacuum that we should have filled long ago. China in the past was careful not to provoke the United States by basing troops in Latin America. But with the planned base in Cuba, Ellis says that may be changing. So this is crossing a threshold, um, and clearly the fact that they've chosen to cross the threshold at a time when tensions are increasing over Taiwan and other issues you know, indicates that there's a willingness to take risks. They're not as worried as they used to be about uh, provoking the United States. In October 1962, the installation of Soviet nuclear missiles in Cuba brought the world to the brink of nuclear war. The U.S. government stood up to the Soviets and the missiles were removed. But with the Biden administration seeking better relations with the Chinese government, there would seem to be little chance the White House will stand up to this. Dale Hurd, CBN News. Still ahead, the angelic sound of harps on the southern steps of Jerusalem's old city. Thank you for watching Jerusalem Dayline. We're committed to providing you with unbiased reporting from the Holy Land. Through weekly broadcasts, podcasts, and online media, our vision is to reach millions around the globe with the true story of what's happening in Israel and the Middle East, all from a biblical and prophetic perspective. This is a big vision and is only made possible by the generous support of people like you. Call us toll-free at 1-800-700-7000 or go to cbn.com slash Jerusalem Dateline and make a donation that will help spread the light of truth about Israel throughout the world. Blessed are you, Lord, our God, King of the universe, who has chosen us from all of the nations and given us His Torah. 
from CBN Films. The Bible is a book that has transformed the world. If you believe in the providence of God, you believe that God guided those who collected the oral and written traditions. If you can't rely on its history, how can you rely on its theology? What is it? I don't know. I thought you could tell me whether or not they're genuine. It has been criticized, it has been banned, it has been burned, its followers have been burned and killed. It mattered to them to get it right. From the makers of In Our Hands, Oracles of God, the story of the Old Testament. Available on instant 4K streaming access and DVD today for a gift of any dollar amount. Come home to the sounds of Southern Gospel from CBN Radio. You'll enjoy a rich Southern blend of bluegrass, classic gospel, and Southern Gospel favorites like the Gaithers, the Crab Family, and bluegrass sounds like Mountain Faith. So make yourself at home with the all-new CBN Southern Gospel. Now available at CBNRadio.com. Introducing a brand new way to start your morning. Get your daily quick start from CBN News. A quick read on the important news of the day delivered right to your inbox. Stay current on breaking news, politics, and entertainment. Discover how God is moving around the world and here at home. Plus, get exclusive stories and daily scripture encouragement just for you. Stay informed. Go to quickstart.news and subscribe today. We leave you today with a special summer treat, the King's Harpers playing on the southern steps of the Old City in Jerusalem. Enjoy.
Well, that's all for this edition of Jerusalem Dateline. Thanks for joining us. Remember, you can follow us on social media and access CBN content through our CBN apps. And don't forget to sign up for our email blast so you can continue to receive all of our exciting CBN content. I'm Chris Mitchell. We'll see you next time on Jerusalem Dateline.